Hey there, this is Dr. Danielle Eaton, the founder of Aligned Women. We help women in chiropractic just like you to grow profitable practices without sacrificing being present with your family. You're listening to the Aligned Women podcast, the original podcast for women in chiropractic. If you want more time with your family and more money in your bank account, you're in the right place. Be sure to take our Aligned Practice quiz to find out how aligned your practice is. You can find it at www.alignedwomen.com forward slash quiz. Now sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new member spotlight. I am here today with Dr. Courtney Mannix. Oh, you know, Courtney, I didn't ask you before we started recording which last name you wanted to go by because I see, I see a couple of different ones in different yeah. places. All right. So by default, I picked the right one. <laughs> I got lucky. <laughs> All right, Courtney, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and share a bit about who you are and your family and your practice. Well, my name is Courtney Mannix, and I own Caring Chiropractic in Southern Vermont, and my husband is a farmer here. He grows all sorts of organic fruits and produce and flowers and whatnot, and we have a five-year-old son and two cats. Um, my son goes to school, so he's he's there every day, and I get to work. I work Monday through Friday, um, but yeah, that's me. And where did you go to chiropractic school at? I went to Life West in California. There's probably a story about how you went from Life West in California to living in Vermont and practicing there. Yeah, we lived in Vermont before because my honey's family owns the farm he works at. And so we lived here and I always wanted to live in the Bay. And I knew if I was going to school, I would get whatever I needed to from whatever school I went to. So I decided if I had to pay back those loans, I wanted to live somewhere fun. So I would at least have a reason every month to be like, okay, I'm paying these loans. Um, and it was awesome. But I, I think I would have gotten the same thing at any school I went to. But that's how we got there. And then we came back. Because what I didn't know when we moved here the first time, once you move to where your honey is from, his mom or her mom will not let you leave. Like, it was so hard to get to go cross country. I had to do the whole program in three years and get it done as fast as I possibly could so that he could get back home, you know? Well, yeah. Well, I did the completely opposite thing. Instead of thinking about where I wanted to live, like in my dream world, which would have been Florida or California, most likely, I just grew up in the St. Louis area and there was a chiropractic college here. And because it was sort of not literally in my backyard, it was the only school I ever even considered attending. That's funny. I'm glad that I went to Logan. I loved it. I thought we had a really great education, but I have a way different perspective now than I did. Oh gosh. What? 15 years ago on chiropractic school. So yeah. Yeah. I, just, I agree. By default. <laughs> and yeah. I grew up in Arkansas and I only knew of the, the Dallas school. And because I grew up in Arkansas, there was no way you could pay me to go anywhere in Texas. So I meet all these people from Texas. I'm like, Oh, I like you. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess I was towards Texans. You finished school at life West. And then where did your journey take you after that? Um, I worked with 
as an associate in Vermont here um, with a practice that was super well established. And I thought that would mean everything would go swimmingly, mm. but it, it didn't, it was kind of not a worst case scenario, but a, a bummer of a scenario. And I worked there for four years and then I've been out on my own for almost five. At what point did you decide to make the transition from working as an associate to starting your own practice? The honest truth is I noticed some billing fraud and I knew I couldn't be a part of it because I am a total dork. Like once I know something is going wrong, I will do everything in my power to fix it. And when it doesn't get fixed, I have to leave because it has become my problem. Um, So I knew it was time February of 2015 and she got diagnosed with cancer and she ended up dying 10 days after I opened here. So it was like, I have never had a panic attack. I've never broken out in hives from February until July. When I opened here, I was a nervous wreck only because I really did like her but I knew she had a lot on her plate and I had to tell her I was quitting. I was opening up across town, like everything she had worked for in the process of her dying. I, I sort of trashed. And so that was a horrible feeling. And I know in real life I didn't because it was wrong before I got there, but it's taken a lot of therapy to get there too. You know, these are the kinds of things that happen um, often in practice. And sometimes I think we don't talk about them often enough, although in some ways we can't because there's some amount of protection that needs to be in place for people who are doing something um, that might be unethical or illegal. I don't mean we should protect people that are being, that are doing things illegally, but like you can't necessarily share all the details of that situation openly because it's not your story to tell. And part of it being an established practice made it harder to make changes because she had worked with her, her parents and her aunts and uncles and, and it just, she wasn't open to change. So she didn't do the research she needed for laws changing or billing ideas changing. And, you get yourself into a big quagmire if you don't open yourself up to learning and changing. Yeah. Yes. Well, you're certainly not alone in this kind of situation happening. And unfortunately it's something that happens to a lot of associates. They get into a a role as an associate actor and then discover there are things going on in the practice that are not necessarily what would be ideal. And it doesn't mean that the practice owner is intentionally doing something wrong, but yet once you know, then you can't go back to not knowing. You can't go back. That's the hardest thing. But it's it's made me more aware in my own practice about how I do things and the transparency that I try to give things. And and selfishly with her dying, it's made me more aware, aware of my own self-care. Like mm-hmm. she died in town at the same time. Another woman who had opened a chiropractic clinic died. And a friend of mine in town were like, screw that. We're going to be healthy. We're going to be happy. We're going to take care of each other. So we see each other monthly. We, we trade with massage therapists and enough that we, we go often like I'm healthier than I've ever been because of that situation. Mm -hmm. Well, tell me more about what your biggest fear was in starting your practice outside of the relationship dynamics between you and the doc that you worked for. What else were you afraid of or uncertain of in starting your practice? I'm really good at negative self-talk. 
And um, <laughs> I can talk myself You're really out. great, though, at pumping up other people. I'm a fabulous <laughs> cheerleader, and I'm a fabulous minion. If you can tell me what to do, I will cheer you on, and I will see to it that you hit your goals. But when it comes to me, there's something in my life at some point, and I've never been able to figure out what it was, but I don't feel like on some level I'm worthy of, of success. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of the things I'm thankful for Align Women for because I get to choose what I want to be successful for today. Mm -hmm. And if I can make that goal, I'm a success, you know, and, and that's huge for me. Um, so I was really afraid of all the common things like, people don't really know me here. I'm not a local and they really respect locals. What am I going to offer that somebody else can't offer? How am I going to set myself apart? And why would people even want to see me? Like I went through a whole phase where I told myself I was a horrible adjuster mm -hmm. and you know what? I may be, but my people keep coming and they don't care. And that's the thing. Like it doesn't matter if I miss adjusting T10 on someone and I should have, they're still going to come back next week and be just as happy as they were. So what did you do that helped you work through some of those fears than when you started your practice? Um, I talked to everybody I know and I asked them like, this is what I'm telling myself. What do you think? And then I forced myself to actively listen. Mm -hmm. um, and some people were like, Oh, you can't do this because I mean, I have a lot of things against me. Like I am not local. I have a Southern accent. I'm dyslexic with numbers. So if you give me anything to do business wise, I should fail, but I'm making it. And, and I think what I did, I figured out how many patients I needed to see per month, not even per week to keep my doors open. And at the time it was 30 patients a month. Like even if I saw the same 10 people three times, I had it and I knew 10 people would come with me. And, and I've, I've kept my doors open for almost five years now. So just, just figuring out the least I needed to do to, to be successful. Yes. And to know that that was a really realistic expectation. Yeah. It was doable. You could do that. I could go meet 10 people. I mean, just talk to them in the store and be like, come on in, come see what I do. And, and five of them would try it out just to see who the creepo was, you know, but <laughs> I, I knew I could get 10 people in. So I didn't worry at that point. There's an um, episode from the archives of the Aligned Women podcast that's similar to what you're talking about. So if you are in the dream up phase of practice, meaning you're about to start your own practice or you're really early in starting your own practice, this episode is still um, something that could be helpful for you. It's episode 25. And <clears throat> we talk about critical numbers for growing your practice. And it's essentially figuring out what is the red line, the green line, the blue line. That means what is the minimum number of patients you need to see to meet the overhead in your practice? What's the minimum number? That's the red line. Then what's the minimum number to meet your overhead in your practice plus be able to live and like put food on the table. That's the green line. And then the blue line is like, all right, so we're comfortable and now we're saving for the kids college funds or we're buying life insurance. Like we're doing the real adulting kinds of things and setting those goals, like putting some really concrete numbers to it actually gives you a target to hit when you don't know what they are. And then you're just kind of like hoping and wishing that they come true or talking yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's ridiculous. We need you. Yes. 
Yeah. So episode 25, if you want to scroll way back into the old podcast episodes. I just wrote it down. I'm going to do it. (laughs) So Courtney, tell me more about where you were at at the time that you became an Aligned Woman member. I think it's been about a year now that you've been in the program. Yeah. Think back to a year ago when you decided to say yes. What was going on in your practice or in your life at that time that you thought, I need this in my life? Um, So what was happening was I was noticing that my finances were going down each year by about the same number, like by $4,000 for the past two years. If it happens once, it can be a fluke. But if it happens twice, that's on me. I got to figure it out. I did not want to keep losing $4,000 every year because that would needle and dime or nickel and dime. You know what I'm saying? It would get under my skin. And um, so I, I flipped through Facebook at night and I saw some things Pardon me. And I took that aligned women challenge, the 10 day challenge Yep. and everything you said, none of it was hard, but it all made me think. And I was like, Oh, this girl will kick my butt in a positive way. Like this is awesome. <laughs> and, uh, it took me an extra day to do the challenge. And I was like, why, why am I such an idiot that I'm trying to talk myself out of this? And at the end you posted something and we could join for some price. And I was like, I'm going to try it and I'm going to see what happens. And I I was also getting off all the insurances that I was on. So I had my date set. I had my letter sent out. So I knew I was going to be having a ton of change in the office. I was like, well, if I'm going to have a little change, let's just go whole hog and do it all. (laughs) So I joined and immediately I started doing all the master classes. And um, there were a lot of them that really resonated with me. And then we talked about it before. I wouldn't do the money masterclass. Like Mm. I would not do, I would just skip it. And finally, like last month, I got an email from a woman who is an accountability coach. I forget her name and I'm so sorry. Um, But she was awesome. She was like, just do a few and I'll check back with you next month. And maybe you'll have done one or two. Our accountability coach. I was like, Oh, that's like just a random accountability coach email. No, of course. And uh, I told, I sat down and I did it and I was like, oh, I'm a total success today. <laughs> I, it took me like three weeks to get through the whole thing, but I didn't talk myself out of it. And so um, I knew when I joined, I would have to talk myself into a lot of things, but it's changed my self-talk. So I'm pumped about that. Mm-hmm. What has the effect been for you when your what self-talk, what's the effect been for you when your self-talk changes to a more positive aspect. What does that do for you? I can be my own cheerleader. Like yesterday I needed a self-esteem boost because I was sitting there in my head space. Like, what is this poor girl going to talk to me about? This is going to be horrible. Like I'm just going to flop. And um, so what I did, I have a folder for my aligned women financial review and I hadn't done October and I went through and I did October and I realized I have stats I can check to see like how successful I'm being. Being Mm -hmm. dyslexic in math, I don't do stats. Like that Mm -hmm. does not come naturally to me. So I was so pumped to see like, I'm growing here, I'm growing here. And a few months ago, I decided to give myself a raise. My raise is not affecting my bottom line. Like I'm still bringing in money. And for the first time in two years, I'm not gonna lose $4,000 this year. Like, that's amazing, I'm back on. And if I didn't have these little things to check, you know, I wouldn't, I would be able to get into that wallowy 
area where it's just like you're going down and it's mm-hmm. not good. And I, I, I would never do that with other people, but I do it to myself, you know? I think we all do that to ourselves for the most part, unless you're a narcissistic, <laughs> then maybe not. But, you know, the saying, the cliche saying that we are our own worst enemies is really true. And so Somebody, while you can yeah. see the positives in other people and how they are doing in their practices and you can cheer them on, it's really easy to not see those things in yourself, even if all the rest of us see them in you. I agree. Thank you. Thank you. That's kind. Um, but somebody posted something that if you wouldn't talk that way to other people, don't talk that way to yourself. I think about that all the time. Like, where, why are you going there? This is just ridiculous. So it's helped me. And, and this whole group, because everybody is supportive, that's amazing. You can post those fears up there and people will be like, no, you're on crack. This is stupid. Don't even go there. <laughs> you know, but I mean, in the nicest way. Right. <laughs> it's awesome. So I love it. So let's transition to talking about the core principles in Aligned Women. And um, I'll kind of walk you through each one of them. There are six, self-care, time and energy, um, ideal patients, community and relationships, marketing, and money. And we'll just kind of briefly talk about your perspective, maybe how your perspective has shifted on one of those core principles or how you implement it and honor it in your life and in your practice. Are you ready? Okay. All right. So let's start with self-care. So our first core principle in Aligned Women is that self-care is not compromisable. What does self-care mean to you? Because it doesn't have to mean like you get a massage and a pedicure every month. I meditate with my son before bedtime every night because he has a wee bit of ADD like I do. And I want him to be able to calm for his whole life. I want him to have techniques to do that. So we do that every night. It is not compromisable at nine o'clock in the night. I'm out with headspace and my son and we are doing this. Um, The other thing that is non-compromisable is I listen to Netflix as a joke on the radio on the way to work and home from work, which sounds ridiculous, but everyone here listens to NPR. And while I'm fine with that, I don't want to start every sentence with, well, I heard on NPR that... (laughs) It just sounds so boring and so hoity-toity. So I listen to stinking comedians twice a day for 14 minutes, and it makes me so happy, and I just laugh for 14 minutes. So I have to have laughter. Um, And then, yeah, we get There's plenty of science to support that. I totally agree. Right? Like you're getting the endorphin release and the oxytocin from the the laughter that you're um, getting from watching the comedians. So. It's yeah. ridiculous, um, but I love it. So I have to have serious radio in my life, which I'm not plugging them. I don't get paid by them. Like I will pay. Um, and then we get adjusted and yeah, we get massages, but, but that's gratuitous um, because I'm there, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I have my times at the end of the day, like I book myself an hour at the end of every day to be able to do paperwork and whatnot so that I'm not taking it home. I don't. And as stupid as it sounds, that hour is my self-care because I get to go home and be home. Yes. So it could be CEO time too, but it is self-care. For sure. I used to do this completely oppositely. When I, when my first daughter, who's now almost nine, when she was really small, um, my mom was our babysitter. And I felt there's a lot of stories that you'll hear come up in this, but I felt immensely guilty about having my mom watch her, um, any extra time 
if I wasn't with patients, I felt like I needed to just go grab her. But the truth is that I wasn't cluster booking. I had lots of gaps between my appointments. So I was in the office from like 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. or 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. I was there really long days, even though she was pretty small. So I would see the last patient, they would leave, and then I'd just dash out the door to go pick her up and get her as quickly as possible. Most of the time, she'd fall asleep in the car on the way home, and then she's just in bed for the rest of the night, and I never really got to engage with her. Mm -hmm. Um, But my point here is that what I should have been doing was like taking my last patient an hour or even maybe more before I needed to go pick her up. So at the end of the shift, I could go finish my soap notes, for example, before going to pick up my daughter and being able to feel like, okay, I have left work at work today and now I can go be present with her. It, and I no, didn't one, do that. no one teaches you that. <laughs> no, I didn't do it before aligned women, like not consciously. And maybe Wednesdays I would stay and do my paperwork and do all the stuff that had to be done. But now doing it little increments like that, like it makes everything so manageable and it really clears my head because I'm not thinking about it for one day a week. I get it done. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've also kind of covered time and energy here. So let's Sorry. transition then to ideal patients. There's a misconception that to be an appropriate aligned woman, that you your ideal patient avatar should be a pregnant woman or a child or an infant, but you get to define your ideal patient avatar. However, it is congruent for you. Who is your ideal patient avatar? My ideal patient is Debbie. And she is 56. She works at a computer all day. She is divorced. And she has two kids. Um, Debbie's working towards retirement. She's given up smoking, so she's trying to get healthier. She's an avid hiker. Um, and, And I love old people. So when it comes time to get to pick a second one, I'm picking a Medicare aged man because I adore them and they fill my practice. Um, but Debbie is amazing. She has been pregnant. She's done with that. And it's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And she doesn't have kids that come in and tear things up in your office or, um, missing appointments because she's got to shuttle the kids around to their after school activities or something. She's in a place (laughs) where she can put herself on her list. You know, we spend so much time as moms. And I say this, we, because I hope it's everyone, but where we don't focus on ourselves and we're sort of not really rewarded, but in a lot of mom communities, you get like a martyr mom badge where you just like, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and the more you do for your kids and the less you do for you, the better of a human you are. And I couldn't disagree. And so that's why my ideal patient is a little older and she cares about herself again and she knows it's okay to. Yes. Yeah. I love it. All right. So how do you, or what is your favorite way of marketing to your ideal patients? Well, I just started doing um, videos on Facebook because she is definitely on Facebook. Um, But I talked to people at the store. I, um, I told you before, like I will see women in this age group and sometimes their parents die. So I will go to people's funerals and go talk to people. Never, selling chiropractic, just talking to people and it will always come out. Human. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if I find, if I talk to people and I am myself, people will resonate with that one way or another, they'll either stay away, which is great because that weeds them out or they will come and just be a part of this weird little thing that we're building here. And mm-hmm. I love that. Like I can't imagine 
doing everything online and not talking to people like in, in whenever I do those Facebook videos, people will message me and they'll be like, we need to talk. I'll be like, okay, just call. Here's my number. And yeah, it's all good. Yeah. That's the important thing though, about, um, us using social media is that I think it's a fear that some people have that they're going to get disconnected from people, but when you use it appropriately, then it can actually help you bridge the gap with people so that you do move conversations from your Facebook message inbox on your business page to an actual phone call with them or them sitting in front of you in your office because they've booked an appointment. But it is amazing too. Like you'll sit there. I don't know if you do this, but I will sit there and talk to somebody in my Facebook things when I'm doing the filming and I will talk to a specific person in my head Yeah. and lo and behold, that person will message me. And I don't know who they are when I'm doing these things, but they're like, Holy crap balls. I totally have low back pain in the way you described. And I've been raking and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I love you. Okay, let's fix this. Yeah. Um, and so it's awesome. But yeah, since I started doing the Facebook things, it has brought in exactly my 55 year old people who are pumped to be here. It's cool. So I wasn't sold on it before. I didn't think it would fly where I am because half my people don't have computers, but I'm not marketing my people I have. So yes, it's all good. Yeah. And if you're wondering if this target market of women or even men who are in their fifties or sixties are on Facebook, well, I can tell you my parents are that age. They're like right around 60 and they probably spend more time on Facebook than I do. I know. I have an online business. So they have time. They have time and they're tired and they're run down and they're, you know, they're like not necessarily happy with their job. So they're looking for a way to disconnect from reality. Like they've been worn down by their kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it is a place that they go to they create like they they seek that sense of connection, but they also are looking for disconnection from yeah. reality as well. So they're there and whether it's healthy for them to be there or not is a different story, but they're there. They are there. So we just have to make them healthy. Tell them what they want. (laughs) Right. Um, I remember in the elevated mastermind earlier this year, when we worked through the community and relationships section um, of the content for this mastermind, when we got to community and relationships, this was a really interesting place for you. And you mentioned a little bit about it already because you said that one of the ways that you create community and relationships to, especially to grow your practice, we're a bit different than what we might hear from other people. Yeah. I don't think they're as different as what you might think that they are, but they were different from the, from the other women in the mastermind. Do you want to talk more about those? Like what came up as we talked about that? Yeah. In my town, there are about 10,000 people total. And that includes like newborns to olds. And um, most of my Medicare patients don't have a computer. Like Wi-Fi is so spotty in Southern Vermont. It's ridiculous. So marketing to people on the computer just didn't seem to be right. So I make sure we just got like the shopping thing. Well, they'll do your grocery shopping and you can pick it up. I don't do that. I go into the store and I talk to people who are there or at the restaurant, I will talk to my waiters and waitresses. Um, but it's all face to face. It's all, um, if we have somebody who has great results, I'll be like, 
that's great. Thanks for telling me. I'm really pumped for you. But so-and-so is in the waiting room. Tell them. And then after you tell them, I want you to tell everybody you know. Yes. And it's amazing how when you give people the experience to tell their chiropractic story, they they spend time thinking about it later and rewording it and making it better. And they will tell their friends, even if it's just in hopes of getting a laugh. But what I find is when I talk to those people and I already like them, I'll probably like their friends. So once they tell their friends, I'll get their friends in here. And it just, it's a cycle like that. It's all word of mouth. I think for some people, I think that that approach might feel um, bold or brazen or or kind of scary, but I think it really works for you because um, you've just done it enough times that it's become natural. And but it's I think almost people sort expect of... me to be their cheerleader too. And I, so I think when I mm-hmm. say things like this, they feel fine being like, oh God, no. And I'll be like, what? Come on, let's do this. <laughs> and then they're like, oh God, now I have to. But they yes. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. So that's the thing. There's this unexpectedness about it that, um, especially coming from you because you have this really sweet and kind (laughs) and caring personality that you're all of a sudden taking this person and pushing them out of the nest a little bit and getting (laughs) out of their comfort zone. And now you're sitting there watching them. (laughs) Little do they know I'm only making them do it because I don't want to do it. Well, it's working for you. It's awesome. (laughs) And I love my people, so it's good. Yeah. And because you love them, they love you back. And so they're willing to do this with you, even though um, it might feel funny for them. And that was a big thing when I stopped taking insurance. I wondered, did they love me enough to actually pay me? Mm -hmm. And in not taking insurance, except Medicare, because you have to, it was so awesome to, to feel valued and to see who really does value what you do and who comes in for a hug and who will pay for that hug. You know, it's, it's nice. Yeah. All right. So the last core principle is money. Is there anything else that we haven't talked about around the topic of money that you want to share with our audience members? Like maybe what would someone that's new to the program expect to change or learn in relationship to money in her practice or the way that she feels about earning money? One of the things, and it's going to sound so basic to anybody who already knows it, but in my world, I had to figure out I was worthy and that money is not a negative thing. It's okay. And it's okay to have money and it's okay to not have money. Just figure out how you can get it and then get it. And that's fine Um, because you're not hurting anybody. You're not doing poorly. Just get what you're worth. And, And the other side to that is, nobody's ever going to pay me what I'm worth. And I know that. So I may as well take it in increments while I can. (laughs) And that is something I've really struggled with um, having people pay because we've talked about it, that people do need that energy exchange and, and they want to feel like they're doing right by you. But personally, my headspace isn't always there. So I have stopped dealing with taking collections and things like that. That's all the front desk job. Thank God she'll do it. Um, But yeah, I had to get to the point where I'm working. I expect to get paid, you know, I mean, to get there. So, yeah. Yes. And it's, it's the whole reason we started practice. We don't start a practice to struggle and to be broke and to 
make sure everybody else has an awesome, healthy, optimal life while we're struggling to have healthy food at home or any food at home. So, I mean, we've got to remember that that's why we started a practice in the first place. And it's okay to be successful. People expect it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I want to do right by people and I will give them everything they pay for, but I'm through giving away services. And, and part of that is I wrote the money story through that money masterclass and it made all the difference in the world for me to write and, and realize my life is not bad. Why do I keep holding on to this? I'm poor mentality. Like mm-hmm. I haven't been poor on a lot of levels in a long time. Yeah. So that's yeah. one of the things I really respect. And I, I tell you lovingly, thank you for kicking my butt and making me do this work. Cause it's not easy for me. No, it's not easy for most of us. And um, we, you know, of course we want the, the work to be as simple and easy as possible, but there are times that things come up, um, especially when it comes to the topic of money, where we start to hit some pain points, some emotions, or some um, even past traumas where it's like, oof, am I ready to work through this? <laughs> and I sometimes, don't know. no, I don't think before having been in this group for a whole year and seeing a lot of different facets and how supportive all the people really are, I don't think I would have been in a place to talk about money with, mm-hmm. with chiropractors, much less women. Like, we're judgy, but <laughs> not. it's really awesome when we support each other how amazing we all are. And it's cool, too, because we all get to pick what we choose to be successful with. And my idea of success may not always be financial, but I still get the same cheer squad I do when it is, you know? Absolutely. It's cool. Yes. All right. So let's wrap up with one last question. If there's someone that's listening to this episode and she's been, well, hello. Do you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right outside my window, I guess there's a piece of siding that has come off of our house and it's been off for a long time. Like I'm talking months. And of course they decided to fix it now. <laughs> All right. So um, if there's someone that's listening to this, to this member spotlight and she's been kind of like, Oh, that program, maybe it's for me. I don't know. Should I do it? Maybe I won't have the time. I don't know if it will help me make more money. What would you say to her? How would you, how would you help her decide if it was a yes for her right now? I think you will know it's a yes for you. If you need the support and if you're willing to do the work, because I would tell you, don't do it. If you're not willing to make changes, if you are willing to make changes and Sometimes you don't know if you are, but if you're willing to support other women and see the trials they go through and help support them, it can help point out your issues. And that always helps me like, oh, yeah, I have an issue with that, too. Look how nice these people are being about this. Um, Or if there are things you know you don't know and you could use a team of people to answer those questions, this is the group for you because you won't get shamed. There is no wrong answer. And it's just the most supportive place I've been. And we're all doing the same thing. So it's easy to support people. Yeah. Awesome. Courtney, I love you. Thank you so much. Oh, I love you too. (laughs) Thanks for having me. You're a self-esteem boost. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Thank you again for joining me for this episode of the Aligned Women podcast. 
If you've loved this show, please share your favorite episode with another woman in chiropractic who you know would love to be more profitable in her practice without sacrificing any more time with her family. And if you love what you hear on this show and want more insight into how you can have both more time freedom and more financial freedom, be sure to take the Align Practice Quiz. You can join our newsletter and get your free copy of the quiz at alignedwomen.com forward slash quiz. You'll know in less than 15 minutes what you need to focus on right away to become present and profitable. We'll see you in your email inbox soon.